Hello, family and friends. I'm honored today to have with me my friend Ray Bench, all the way from Midland, Michigan, and Many Waters International Ministries. And you can contact Ray at raybench.com, which is R-A-Y-B-E-N-S-C-H.com. And I was honored to have Ray on the podcast in September of 2020. Appreciate you being on again with me, Reverend. Amen. And it's a blessing of the Lord to have you here. And let's start out in prayer. Father, we're so thankful you're a good God, a merciful God, a loving God. Thank you for speaking through us today, Father, with your word. We thank you for it. We come hungry to receive whatever Ray has for us today. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Well, I'm going to kick it over to you, Reverend Ray. <laughs> All right. Good to see you, Brother Good Greg. Hey, everybody. Uh, if you brought a Bible or you got a Bible, I'm going to read a Bible verse to you, and then we'll kind of launch from there. Uh, Proverbs 22, 29 is a verse that an old prophet gave to me years ago, and uh, it's changed my life. I built everything I have on it, so I want to share it with you. It says this, it says, do you see a man who excels, could be a woman too, or a man, mankind. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Amen. Praise God. King Solomon writes this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, obviously, and this is recorded. What he's saying is, is, you know, sometimes for people, promotion seems like this um, difficult thing. How do I get promoted in life? How do I get better than what I have or on my job or my business advanced or whatever? But Proverbs says here, it says, if you're diligent or you're excelling in, in, in what you currently have, you know, Brother Greg, we don't talk a whole lot about stewardship anymore, mm -hmm. but God's big on it. Yeah. So many people wanting more or better, but God's question is usually the same. What are you doing with what I've already given you? You know, this verse, and an elderly prophet, like I say, gave it to me years ago. I was trying to get my ministry up and going. I was working for Dr. Mark Barclay, as a lot of people know me. And I got this verse. And at the time, I couldn't get anybody, shouldn't say couldn't get anybody, but most preachers weren't having me in to preach and such. And I was getting discouraged. And then this verse really helped me. Because what it was saying was, is you can't control what everybody else does in your life. But you can control what is in your hand. What are you doing with what you've got? You know, I could go a lot of different ways in this. Here's one of the first lessons that I have ever learned. My pastor got in my car with me one time, Dr. Barclay, and we were running a bunch of errands. I didn't have time to get things ready. And uh, he got in and we started to drive away. And, and uh, I apologized because it wasn't a very nice or very new car. I didn't have anything, especially financially at that time. And I apologized. I said, hey, Pastor, I'm really sorry. You know, this car isn't very nice. And I'll never forget, he said, Ray, he said, I don't care that it's not very nice, but could you vacuum it? And I started to make defense. I'm like, I, I'm living in a trailer. I don't have a garage. I sure don't have a shop back. I don't have any way to clean this thing out. And he made this statement. He said, could you take it to a car wash? What would it cost you to vacuum it at the car wash? I said, well, 50 cents. He said, do you have 50 cents? I said, well, sure. He said, then it's not a money problem, is it? Now, that sounds a bit harsh, right? Guy's already not doing well in life, and you're going to right, hit him upside his head with that. But his point was, why are you letting things stop you? If you were going to take care of something, don't you let anything stop you. Get good with what you've already got in life. Master that. You know, we, we want to have a better house or perhaps a better car or 
better whatever. And God's question goes back to stewardship. What are you doing with what Jesus Christ already gave you? If you're not making good use of that, you see, then tomorrow your dream doesn't come because you're not ready for it if it did, or you couldn't hold on to it once the Lord gave it to you. So I would encourage everybody, you know, we're in America, so we're going to talk primarily to Americans. I'm watching the work ethic in America dwindle down. It is almost so watered down now, people, it, it's shocking. Uh, whether I travel in and out of hotels or airlines or rental car agencies, or and I just watch how nonchalant people are about their work, and yet they all want something better but they don't necessarily want to earn the better or get better. They just want to have the promotion handed down to them. Yep. And I would go back to the Bible and simple stewardship things. You know, I talked to a gentleman today, his son wants a fancy phone, but he says, but you don't take care of the lesser phone that I gave you. I thought that was good fathering. <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I can hear the dads all yelling amen while we're talking, Brother Craig. Amen. And I can hear the kids cringing, hallelujah. Yeah. But you know, sometimes in life, folks, we're our own worst enemy. We're not taking care. We can't, you know. So go ahead, Brother Craig. Give me two cents. What do you think as I'm talking here? No, I love it. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in Colossians, doing our work is unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. You know, and if we just did that, how much better we'd be every single day. I have to use that on myself sometimes yes. when you're having a bad day at work and you're thinking, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, and you're yep. like, I'm, I'm doing this for the Lord. Right. Because if we think about the men we're doing it to, it's like, oh, boy, we're messing this whole yes. thing up. Right. And I think part of it is being good when no one's looking. Yeah. Right. How, how much do you really push yourself? You know, the Bible says in First Chronicles 12, 1 and 2, it said, when certain soldiers came to David of Saul's household, uh, Benjamin, says they were experts with spears and bows with both their right hand and their left. I imagine a, a baseball pitcher in the World Series, ninth inning, and he can take his glove and put it on his other hand and pitch left-handed or right-handed. That's how these guys were. How dedicated would you have to be to get that good? How much effort would you have to put in if you were a deer hunter to have a trophy buck come out in front of you and you could put your that rifle on your other shoulder just to get to the other side of the tree so you get that, that trophy buck. When you want to give yourself to your studies in God that much, when you want to give yourself to your being a father to your children, to being a husband to your wife, to being the provider for your family, to, to your boss, when you're willing to put in that kind of diligence at that kind of time, then that's when we say, okay, you're not going to stay where you are. You're going to move up. God's going to bless you and move you up. Amen. Just real quick, I'll leave it at this. I'm trying to get through this whole testimony. But my son Nathan, he went off to, at 18. He became an airplane mechanic. He was a flight instructor at 19. And what happened is, remember, the economy tanked in 2008. Yep. So he had to take a job. Even though he was a flight instructor, they, they scaled back the instructors. They went from about 250, 300 instructors down to less than 50. Well, he made all but the last cut. He, got, he finally got laid off. And he took a job in a plastics plant, and they would, pay, they would take raw um, BBs, I would call it a plastic, put it through a process, and then it turned into a roll. And that roll, they should make like 12 to 15 pallets every hour. And just to be short, uh, he called me one day discouraged. His student loan payments were coming due. 
He wasn't flying much. It looked like things were in a standstill. And he said, Dad, you know, what am I going to do? He's working with people that their lives haven't turned out the way they want it to go, right? It's These guys are discouraged in life. It's not what they had anticipated. And um, a lot of them were doing drugs and things of that nature. And I said, you know, Nate, if you think like them, act like them, you'll be them, even though you're not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But if you pick up their habits, that's just, that's a mirror, that's where you're going. So I gave him this verse that I gave every, that I read a little bit earlier, and I said, here's what you do. You get there and you work hard, and you, you mean business for what's going on, and you'll see the Lord begin to bless you. And uh, maybe we ought to wrap it up at that, and I'll finish that story on the next podcast. Hallelujah. That sounds good. You pray for us, Reverend Ray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. I thank you that your hand is on us, that your hand for promotion. Don't let people, Lord, I pray, be given to discouragement. I pray for my brothers and sisters that discouragement doesn't settle in on them, but they'll find a way through it to keep fighting through life, that there's hope in God at all times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll look forward to tomorrow. We'll see how many days we're going to go here. Just a really good message. You know, I was thinking, Ray, about one of the greatest failure diseases is excusitis. Mm. You know, and that's Mm -hmm. big out there. You know, we can make excuses for anything. I'm excited about tomorrow. And you can contact Ray through his ministry at raybench.com. You can contact us at our ministry at 812-449-8147 or at celebratejesusministry at gmail.com. We love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary.